hey you. I want to share with you something that I genuinely think will transform your life and your business, to be honest. HDX is open from now until May 17 with a few special bonuses. Join before May 11 and get my eight-week Purpose and Abundance course completely free, which is $888 worth of value. And if you join before May 17, we're actually going to give you $999 off our upcoming Mexico retreat. I mean, how good a freaking deal is that? And if you join before May 17, then you'll be in time for two amazing bonus classes this month in HDX with my personal business consultant, Nikki Rowley. Now, this is the woman that has helped scale my business significantly in the last year or so, and I am sharing her with my HDX community. She'll be teaching on how to grow and scale for business and what strategies and structures will actually get you there. She will also host a bonus business Q&A, which means you can actually ask my consultant anything you want to ask her about growing and scaling your business. This is an opportunity that could transform your life and your business, so don't miss out. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Arakwell people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Human Design Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I want to share something really amazing with you. And it's actually one of our new Millions of Millionaires sponsors. So to introduce this body graph chart software that we've been using, that's been mind blowing. So I want to welcome the amazing um, Taylor Dyson, who is my incredible operations manager. Welcome along, Taylor. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. This is actually um, something that we implemented when um, April. Yeah. And we were just trialing it out because they'd reached out to us, um, in regards to sponsoring the podcast or something like that, wasn't it? And so it kind of wasn't mm-hmm. even on our radar and we tried it out and we had such low expectations. And then what happened? Well, I remember sending you a message going, Emma, why are we not using this? Because I was mind blown. You know, we get a lot of requests for stuff like that. And, you know, there's new softwares all the time. And I clicked on it, like you said, with very low expectations. And I started looking through what they can do. And I had, I got so excited. You know, the MG in me was like, oh my God, we have to use this. And I saw the potential of it and it has delivered more than expected. It's really awesome. 
Amazing. Now, before we get into the actual numbers, because I know um, numbers with Taylor is a thing in our business. She loves to share all the all the numbers. Let's just tell the listeners exactly who it's for and what it is. Yeah. So it's a great tool for anyone who uses human design in their business. So if you're a human design reader, a human design coach, or just someone who uses human design in your business, if you, you know, incorporated into whatever you do. It's a way for you to embed an actual human design chart tool into your website. So, you know, if you want someone to get their human design chart, you probably send them to an outside platform somewhere, you know, oh, go to this website, put in your details and get your chart, whatever that platform might be. There's a couple big ones. And what's cool about this is that it allows you to put that tool on your own website and it's yours. So when someone comes and, you know, puts their information into your website, they get their chart and then you can hook up, hook it up to your email list, to your newsletter. You can have it linked to your own content. You can customize the reports afterwards that they get, you know, so it's your own descriptions of what, you know, this type is or this profile. So that's kind of what it is. Oh my God, I love it. And it's so cool because I actually remember when Jenna Zoe, because it must be the same software that Jenna Zoe used and before anyone else. Yeah, right. And I was always like, wow, her chart looks so beautiful and it's on her website. That's so cool. So yeah, when we started using it, I was like, this is beautiful. I'm really excited that we can do it. But let's talk hard numbers. Like we have had some serious success with this, um, just adding this to our business. So tell everyone a little bit about the growth that we've experienced through using this. Yeah. So since implementing it into our website in April, there have been over 4,000 people that have downloaded their chart through the website. And that's unique. That's not, um, you know, someone who does it twice because a lot of people will go back because they won't download the PDF or something, or they lost it or misplaced it. That's unique um, chart downloads. So it's even more for double for people doing it twice. Um, and it's been really amazing. It's more than tripled the size of the email list. And, you know, you can set up you know, sequences afterwards for people to, um, you know, give them more information and keep everything in-house. Yeah. And because one of the really big things for us is obviously human design made simple. So it gives us the opportunity to um, give our way of teaching human design directly to the people who want it. And I love that. I love that every single person that wants to get their chart, that downloads it, we can then support them on their journey straight away, which is, of course, what you set up because you're amazing to make sure that not only do they get their chart, but they also get this support, free content support that helps them as they're you know, new to human design and on their journey. So beautiful. So how do people access this? What's it, what's it called? And I know that there's a benefit for listeners of the podcast. Yes. So you can go to the link in the show notes, or you can go to bodygraphchart.com. And they have been kind enough to give the listeners of the human design podcast, a 50% off discount for 12 months, which is huge because it's already inexpensive to begin with. Um, and then the 50% discount is going to put it at $25 a month. That's in us dollars. So wherever you are in the world, it'll be, you know, a little bit different, but, um, 50% off for 12 months. And the code is human design podcast. And we'll put that in the show notes too, for everyone. And one of the other things I want to say, that's really cool about this chart tool is that, it's 100% customizable and it actually gives Chiron and the four arrows, which is what a lot of chart tools don't do that. So that's one thing that a lot of people are drawn to when they go to get our chart from our website is, oh, I can get the arrows because of it or my Chiron gates. I love that. It's so cool. So 
check out the show notes, people. Get on it because really it is such a powerful and as Taylor says, inexpensive tool. Like it paid for itself in the first two days, I seem to remember. Or first day, I seem to remember. So it's so valuable um, and it gives you the opportunity to really build your brand and your communication with your clients. So thank you. Go check it out. It's it's hard to change when you're so conditioned and the world is set up for you to work in this certain way. However, the more you can give your brain evidence that actually other people work the way you want to work, this is going to help you change faster. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. We got something new for you, something fun and exciting. I've got Taylor here with me. Hey, Taylor. Hello, everyone. So nice to be here. I'm super excited. So we are responding to you guys and your requests. Um, and we're going to do, I think, once a month, T, is that right? Yeah, I think once a month would be great. Yeah. Once a month, we're going to do um, a Ask Me Anything episode. So today is the first um, the first one. Uh, of course, because I love responding to everything. I just am, you know, an MG through and through. So let's do it. Let's let's dive in. Oh, before we do that, how can people get on the mailing list so they can ask me questions? Do we have a link in the show notes? Can we do that? Yep, there will be a link in the show notes. I was going to say that um, all the questions that were submitted, we send an email out to our list and you can submit your question either anonymously or you can put your name. And the best way to do that is obviously by being on the mailing list. So I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you don't want to go to the show notes and you just go to emmadunwoody.com, there are multiple places for you to put your email in, but it'll be there. Amazing. 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 I'm so excited. Um, I did have a quick look at the questions, so I didn't dive in at all because I wanted to keep it nice and fresh. And yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Ask me anything, T. All right. Well, the very first ask me anything is going to come from Leslie. And Leslie, it says, I'm recovering from walking through life acting like a generator, but I'm really a projector. I'm working to move out of my corporate job into my own business and juggling many things. So I often feel those generator vibes pulling me to do, do, do. How have other projectors made this transition and kept their sanity? Mm, I love this question. I think it's really powerful. And Honestly, being an MG myself and a line three, I kind of want to throw in there the hacks that I've seen. Number one, before we get to the hacks, is that it's about your identity, okay? So there's a part of your identity that says that I have to work this way to succeed. Now, being a projector, you've got this underpinning of success, this almost this desire, this need to be successful or to guide people to success. And I think in my experience, what happens is those two things collide, your identity and this this energy within you that's driving you to succeed. So what you need to understand is that the first point of call is always changing your identity. So when you learn that you're a projector, you're already doing it. So the first thing I would do is I'd be constantly giving my brain evidence that when you do less, you succeed more. And of course, your ego is going to tell you, no, you don't. Um, That's not true. But that's not true. That's a bullshit lie that your ego tells you, okay? So I would every single day, I would be writing in your journal, especially as you're transitioning, the places where you did less and succeeded more, okay? Um, and I totally get that it's it's hard to change 
when you're so conditioned and the world is set up for you to work in this certain way. However, the more you can give your brain evidence that actually other people work the way you want to work, this is going to help you change faster. So then we'd go to people like, have a look at people in your life that are already working this way. If you haven't got any, I mean, I'm not a projector, but I work like a projector. Um, I don't actually work that much. I I suppose, well, the three days that I do work, it's less now than it was, but find people that are already doing it and show your brain that it is possible. Now, the next thing, and I've worked with so many projectors now that have done this, is that they're in their corporate, and my husband, my husband's one of them that did this. In fact, he never did not do it. That in corporate, you must already know that you do what three people can do in one day, right? So instead of doing what three people can do in one day, do what you can do in two hours. There's nothing wrong with that. So my husband, Justin, he used to always, like he would do two hours of work a day and then he would go, he was in sales, so it looks like work, but then he would just go and have coffee with people or go shopping or go to something else. Like he would just do something else. So there's always a way that you can still hit, especially as a projector, you can be hitting your KPIs and not working that hard. My mom, again, she had no idea about her design, another projector. She used to sleep under a desk at work. Like she was known for sleeping under a desk at work. So the thing is you need to break the fear of being different. You need to rewire your identity um, and just learning that your projector is already doing it. So you already know that this is the way you're designed naturally. And if you are in alignment with your strategy and authority, then you're going to find more and more ways to be more projectory. So the last thing that I want to say is that you have to be conscious where your focus is. Because if you're focusing on what you don't have, then you're going to be creating more of it. So you really want to be focusing on the places in your life where you are in alignment with your projector energy, that you do or the people you do know that um, operate more like a projector or they work less. They don't have to be a projector, right? Like I work less. I literally had this beautiful moment this morning journaling going, Dream day, dream week, all this free time, all this space, um, space to create, hang out with my team, hang out with my family, um, get my hair done. So finding those little places so that you're constantly bringing your focus back to the who you're becoming, your actual identity of you're not just a projector. Like, yes, that's your energy, but you're Leslie. So who does Leslie want to be? And how does Leslie's day want to look? And what are the actions you want to be taking every day? And what what do you need to be focusing on to be creating, you know, the doing less and, and receiving more? All of these things that we know as a projector, the power lies within you. And if I know one thing about projectors is that the moment you get this, Leslie, it will just snowball, snowball. Value you, value yourself, work on your self-worth, carve time out. It's all, it's much easier if you believe it's easier. I love it. And you know, if I can respond to something, please, that even as a generator type, you know, because I'm an MG, for those of you that don't know, and Emma is too, like, even as generator types, we could fall into that trap of thinking that we have to do, 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 because we are quote unquote, supposed to have the energy. 
And so we all have to go through that process of what, what do I want my day to look like? What does work look like to me? What does success look like to me? I know that's something I went through too. So even as generator types, it's like that motto for us is more like, just because you can, doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. So, so well said for all of our generators out there. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think you're absolutely spot on. I think there's a massive misconception out there that um, the non-sacral beings are the only ones that are tired all the time. It's just not true. You know, like this is the piece we have to redefine who we want to be, what success means to us, what does uh, abundance mean to us. And our design is this beautiful roadmap that can help us answer those questions. But at the end of the day, we have to take full responsibility for the results we're getting. You know, are we in alignment? Are we creating the life that we want to create? Um, or are we just playing to fear? So, yeah. All right. Next question. I love this question. This one's from Rachel. And it's something I'm actually curious about too, if you have the answer about where in your body are each of the energy centers located. In one of your podcasts, you mentioned the G center being located slightly below the rib cage and to the left. This is super helpful to have an area in the body to focus my attention to. And I would love to be able to do that for all of the centers when doing a body scan. Mm. I love that. So I think you must have been listening to someone else's podcast because I don't think I said the G center was down and to the left. And if I did, I think I had it wrong, Um, but I don't think it was me. So the way they all work, the G center is actually the heart. Okay. The G center sits in the, in the heart space and probably a little bit higher. If you imagine um, that, yeah, it probably sits just a little bit higher than the heart space. Cause I imagine, and I'm going to use the word imagine that the will center heart or ego will center that has the three names sits just under that. Um, and before I answer this, this is also my perception. This is how I feel it in my body. One of the things I would love to encourage all of you to do is to play with it, experiment. Um, I know this because the spleen's on the back side, the back left-hand side, I'm pretty pretty confident that's where the actual, the physical spleen is. And I know that um, I'm pretty sure Jenny Crowther has said that she definitely feels that like in the actual spleen. What's interesting for me personally is that I definitely, like in my meditation, when I'm doing meditations, I feel the the root center like right down at the tailbone. Then I feel the sacral just below the belly button. Then I feel the solar plexus kind of in that part just below the rib cage. Then I feel the heart center and the G center kind of melded into one. Then I feel the throat like right you know, in the middle of the throat where the, the Adam's apple would be in, in um, yeah. And then the third eye between the eyes and then the crown, I feel just above the head. However, this is my experience of it. So I would actually just encourage you to ask yourself a better question instead of looking outwardly to where these are. And I know that there was a podcast, I can't remember who it was, can't remember which who it was, but a human design person interviewed another human design person, intuitive, who can see chakras. And he was saying that he could, he started to see, he could see the nine centers that like all in a line. Um, and this was before he even knew human design. So what I would encourage you to do is actually ask yourself, where do I feel this energy? 
um, and experiment depending on whether you're on your own or with other people or whatever it might be. Because I know for me, like my will center, like my will energy, because I have it defined, like it is just this determination I feel in my heart space, like this this force of nature energy that I feel in my heart space. Um, my sacral, I very much feel in my gut, very much feel in my gut. Uh, my throat, my throat feels like when it's on, it, it just it just flows. It's, it's it's I can't even explain the feeling. It's so unique to my throat center. Um, and now that I'm trying to think about my throat center, it, it, it it's not there. Like it's so weird. Um, and then my solar plexus and my emotions, like I actually feel them in. This is going to sound weird because now I'm actually contemplating it. I feel that in my lungs. Um, so I feel them kind of at the back of me and that's where I feel it. And interestingly for me personally, so, um, you know, you guys will hear me if I'm tired, I cough. Uh, when I was younger, I, I had a little bit of childhood asthma and those sort of things. So, um, I feel my emotions in the breath of life. That's where I tend to feel them. So that's why I'll feel my solar plexus there, as opposed to when I'm meditating, I kind of imagine it in that, in that kind of, um, above the belly button, but almost just below the the rib cage. That's where I imagine it. But now I ask myself where I feel it. That's what it feels like. It almost feels like my lungs. So I would actually ask yourself, where does this show up in my body? How does this feel in my body? Just like I did. And as I was going through the process, I was like, wow. And then you want to do it for your undefined centers as well. So I know for me, I'm very aware of how my undefined head and ajna feel, and they feel really messy. And the more I try to... um, or at least they feel messy when I'm trying to control them. Messy when I'm trying to control them. So when I'm trying to control my thinking or get inverted commas clarity, then it just feels like I've got butter on my hands and I'm trying to pick up a coin or something. Like I just, I just can't get it. However, the moment I just go back into my body and I focus on who I'm speaking to or what I'm doing, um, then all of a sudden the things just pop through. But there's no lead up to it. There's no disappearance of it. If you if you like, it's just poof. It's just there. Um, and I definitely feel that like in my, actually, if you imagine my head was like, I had a, a space helmet, that's how it feels to me. Like I, like it's outside. It's not just in my head, it's outside of my head. So I would, if I were you, I would just go through that process. I'd go for everyone, go through that process with all of your centers and feel how it feels. Um, you know, with my spleen, I know, cause I have an undefined spleen. I've always been very, very aware of other people's well-being. I just, I just know. And I just like, I don't want to be here. If someone's sick, like Justin's just been um, a little bit sick and I'm just like, I won't go anywhere near you, you know, like nowhere near you. And it's just this feeling in my body. It's like, it's just safer over here, safer away from that. So that's how I feel it in my body. So yeah, that's a lot, another long answer, but I think it's a really, really good question and a really great experiment we could all be doing to get to know our energy centers better. I know I want to now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I love your long answers. They're always Emma rants are the best. That mm-hmm. is the thing, by the way, for those of you that don't know the Emma rant. <laughs> um, okay. I love this question from Ursula. Cause it's something I've heard you say quite often. And a lot of people ask about this. Can you talk more in depth about what a demi reflector is? I know it's a term that you coined, but can you talk about the impact that has on the day to day? Yes. Oh my God. It's a great question. And yes, I do like to just make sure everyone understands this is not a real thing. This is something that um, a, 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 a term I coined. And I'm going to tell you the story of where it came from. And then this is going to help you understand in, in a little bit more depth. So 
many years ago, I'm sitting with my mentor, Kim, and I was, I had a friend's chart and I was looking at her chart and I was asking questions and I showed Kim this chart and she just looked at it and she said, oh yeah, but she probably doesn't know she has sacral energy. She probably doesn't know that she has innate direction. And I looked at the chart and I looked back at her and I went, what do you mean? And she said, look at the chart again. I went, oh, there's an unconscious connection. So she just had a defined G-center and sacral. And I believe it's through through the 214 with an unconscious either channel or one gate. No, it it was a whole channel. And in that moment, I was like, oh, wow, that explains so much. Because this particular friend of mine, she'd had exceptional success in her career. Um, And then now that she was trying to create the same sort of success somewhere else, it just, it wasn't happening. It wasn't flowing the same way it had in her career. And she, like her self-worth was a real issue because the reason why, or the reason why it was an issue was because she was constantly following everybody else's ideas. And like when she's with one person, she's like, yeah, this feels right. I'm going to do that. And then when she's with someone else, it's like, oh yeah, that feels right. I'm going to do that. And then she constantly was like, oh my God, I'm just all over the place. I just don't know what to do. And I said to her at the time, I think it's because you're reading everybody's everybody else's energy and because you have this unconscious connection to your consistent energy, you're almost not aware that it's there. It's like you're not aware you can call on the sacral. You're not aware you're, you can call on the G-center. It's just kind of not in your awareness. So if you're a demi-reflector, one of the things that I noticed is that they tend to feel like they're just in a washing machine all the time, like they're kind of being tossed all over the place. Like people talk about projectors let's say, not having enough energy or feeling all of the feels. But these people feel all the feels. Like this, And this particular friend of mine is very intuitive. Um, and so what happens is because there's an unconscious connection between the two centres, so your, your areas of definition, um, it's almost like you don't know that you can call on them, that you can ground into your defined energy. So once you realize, once you've got your human design, you're like, okay, cool. And this is exactly what she did. And she's, you know, very successful business coach now. Um, and she grounded into her sacral and into her G center and really, really paid attention to, um, you know, the things that she was responding to and all that sort of stuff. So she could build a more conscious relationship with her defined centers instead of getting lost in what felt much bigger which was actually everybody else's energy in all of her undefined centers that she was amplifying and reflecting back. Now that energy feels really big, right? And then she's got this subtle connection to her innate energy. So the big energy was overriding the innate energy. But once she knew it was there and she could consciously work with it, then she could also realize that a lot of this big and messy washing machine energy, of course, wasn't hers. It was just everybody else's energy moving through in and out of her aura. So she could ground back into that. Um, again, it you don't have to be a demi-reflector. You don't have to be um, any type. Anyone who has not many defined centers can feel this way, um, especially if they have an unconscious connection to a center because it's just, yeah, they just need to consciously build the relationship with the, with the centers. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. I've actually, I'm actually glad somebody asked that because I've never heard that full story I've seen the thing about the demi-reflector before when I'm like, where did that come from? So I'm glad that somebody asked that. Okay. 
This question is from Gabrielle, and she said, on Instagram, you noted that those with an open will center are not designed to use willpower to succeed. Where in our chart should we look to find how we are designed to succeed? Okay, beautiful. I love this question. So first and foremost, we're all designed to succeed. So we have to start with um, throwing out the old conditioned um, ideology of what success means and create your own definition. So that's the first thing that you want to do, right? Now, whether or not you have a defined will center or not, it doesn't matter because you're designed perfectly. It just means that determination, that willpower probably isn't going to be a significant theme for you. It'll show up when you need it and when you won't need, and the rest of the time you won't really need it. For me personally, I have a defined will center and I've just had one of those lives where I've just had to stay on message or stay on like I'm not a person who healed my depression and panic disorder in like one of my besties he was you know he had anxiety for three months I had it for seven years so a lot of my stories a lot of my journeys have been these sort of like I just need to buckle down shoulder to the grind get it done and I fully appreciate that is not human design knowledge, um, language. And for those of you that define Will Center, that doesn't mean that's your story. It just means that I know I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't live the incredible life with the highest highs that I live today if I hadn't been someone who had to do things, you know, just have the determination to keep turning up, right? So that's just part of how I'm designed to succeed. Now, everybody's story is a little bit different. Ultimately, your success lies in alignment. What is alignment? The alignment is the mitigation of resistance. It's like getting rid of resistance. What is resistance? It's fear and conditioning, who we think we should be versus who we really are on the inside. So the way you're designed to succeed is is to give yourself full permission to be you, to be you. That's probably one of the hardest things you're ever going to do because if you are in alignment, you're listening to your strategy and authority then you actually don't need to know anything more in your design. You really don't. You don't need to know the details. Like if you just practice strategy and authority and listening to it, it means that you're going to build the muscle of being okay with uncertainty, of not knowing, of letting life surprise you and delight you and manifestations drop in. Um, And then you have these massive quantum leaps. Things change really quickly. So success is your birthright. I want everyone to hear that. Success is your birthright. First, you want to know what success means to you, honestly. And I also encourage everyone to ask yourself this question every couple of years so you redefine what success means to you because I know my definition of success has changed so many times. Um, And then it means being in alignment because when you're in alignment, it means the universe is going to bring you everything you need to fulfill that design, to fulfill that purpose, to fulfill your fullest potential. Um, and that is the way that, that yeah, that's the way you're designed to succeed and with or without a, de- a defined will center. It doesn't mean that you don't set goals. You absolutely do. You still do your visioning meditation. You still um, want what you want. You still get clear on what 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 you desire, what you want to create, absolutely. Um, and at the same time, building this muscle of just trusting the unknown, trusting strategy and authority. Um, And yeah, you'll succeed. Absolutely. The more you clean up your conditioning and align, the more success you'll experience. Love it. And one of the things I will say, having an undefined will center myself is this is, was really helpful in my experience. If it helps anybody else is 
if I do find myself in those moments where I'm trying to push force, trying to make things happen or digging down to the depths to try to find the willpower to do something. One of the questions I'll ask myself is what am I trying to prove? And that almost always takes care of it right away. So that's awesome. I think that's so spot on. Like that question, what have I got to, what am I trying to prove? Yeah. So good. So good. What's next? So next is another question that I love because I can resonate with this. Um, and this is from Megan. She said, I'm a one, three profile and I have a single definition as well as a, a defined G center and will center. I'm wondering if all of these factors contribute to me being self-absorbed or selfish. My husband has called me out that everything has to be my way and that I won't do anything if it isn't for myself. It hurt, but I also know there's truth to his observations. How do I work to decondition this or is it simply a part of my design and who I am? Oh, I love this question. Um, it's a really powerful question. And what I want to say is like, yes, at the outset, yes, you are designed to be self-focused. However, are you expressing these energies from the shadow versus the higher expressions of these energies? Okay. Let me break it down a little bit for you. So a one three is a personal and a very personal profile because they're both personal numbers. So this is a profile that is going to be focused on their own journey. Um, then you, having a defined will center, this is someone who's who knows what they want and how they want it, and they're going, going to have a tendency to to be more materialistic or determined to get things their own way. Absolutely. However. The question that you really want to be asking yourself is, do I do this from fear or do I do it from love? Because yes, you're designed that way, but it doesn't mean that you have to be selfish or, you know, like my mum, my beautiful mother, I love her dearly. Uh, she's a projector, an ego projector, and um, definitely on the narcissistic scale. If there was a scale, she's definitely that way. Now, if she chooses, like when she is not being narcissistic, when she was that person that was constantly thinking about the other, like the way she she could be so about things for me, you know, like she was always there taking me to ride my horses and she was on all the committees and she was on all the things and she was an unstoppable force and she really believed in what I was doing and she really supported me and da 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 because that was what she wanted, right? Super powerful super resourceful. You know, it's doing good in the world. However, the times that she went into, um, let's say more recently, yes, she's older and things have changed a lot, but a couple of years ago was a really specifically a hard year with her. And unless everyone did things the way that she wanted to do it, she would just melt down. She'd just freak out and she would manifest the shittest things in her life, right? And that was an unconscious we tried to make it conscious, but of course she didn't want to listen, but it's an unconscious choice, like the unconscious choice to either operate from fear or operate from love, okay? So number one, the fact that <clears throat> you're asking this question, your husband said it, you're owning that it hurt, probably indicates to me that there's a lot of shadow integration that needs to go on. Um, you know, like if you're in our HDX community, there's a, a um, sheet that you can go into for every gate. Otherwise, Go check out the gene keys because um, they have a shadow for each gate. And just understand that you're probably coming from a place of fear, not a, a place of love. 
All right. You can be self-focused. I have a personal profile myself. And if I, because of my 37 in my personality son, I have a tendency and tribal. So I have individual, an individual channel and a tribal channel. So I have this real juggle between it's all about me or it's all about the tribe. So it's about a thing that I've had to bring into balance over the years to make sure that I don't give up my identity for the sake of the tribe. And I don't get too obsessed with my own journey. Like they are the shadows of those, of, of those. So that would be where I think it would be really important for you to understand that you are beautiful. You're amazing. You're magnificent. You're loving, you're kind, you're compassionate. And like the rest of us, yep, you probably are selfish and yep, you probably are mean. And yep, you probably are those things. Cause we all are, we all have those things inside of us. It's only because you're putting it like, oh, there's something wrong with me and I'm putting it, you're putting it to a side, therein lies the problem. You have to integrate that. You have to bring it back in and say, okay, well, how does being inverted commas selfish help me be a better person, help me be a better partner, help me be a better friend? Um, and then, yeah, go on that journey of healing. And again, if you're into the gene keys, go into the gene keys and, and focus more on the gifts of the gates that you have. The other place intuitively that just jumped out to me, um, so maybe you do know the gene keys, is the Venus sequence. You want to dive into the Venus sequence because of what it sounds like to me is that potentially when you were younger, maybe you learnt that you had to be all about you, either to stay safe or to be recognized or to, to get attention or whatever it might be. Um, so there's probably healing in there and the Venus sequence is really good with that too. Love that. So can I share something funny that just resonated with me? Place. Because I actually, I actually do know who this person is and they are an HDX and um, I know that they're a generator type and I resonated with this question when I saw it because also being a generator type, having a single definition and a defined G center, I was like, oh, I totally feel you. And when you said go through the Venus sequence, when I did the Venus sequence, you know, and I was on that journey, you know, with you, a lot of what was in my Venus sequence was all about like being internal, being internal. Like, and I, and I always viewed that as like selfish. And I think that reframe that you said about, is it coming from fear or love is really powerful. And that was really powerful for me because like, am I, you know, there's a part of me that like, yes, I don't need anybody's energy, but how, how good is that for me to just completely be internal and close off the world and not share my energy with anyone that is selfish. And so I think that that reframe of like, am I just afraid or, you know, is this truly just me being in my energy and being in alignment? So that reframe mm. is super powerful. Yeah. So good. So good T. And I love that as well. You know, like, because most often we're criticizing ourselves for our superpower um, and we're trying to change it and get rid of it and, you know, transform it, but really it's still our superpower. We're just coming from fear, not love. And I think, you know, knowing that this person's in HDX, then I know that they know the gene keys and this would be the place that I would go because it's just, it's it's healing that needs to be done. Um, and then being able to consciously go, okay, wow, all these, these gift and cidic states, they're in me. They're in me as well as selfishness. Yep, it's all in me. And I'm going to choose to focus more on the gift and cidic states than I am on the shadow. All right. What do you think? One more? Yeah, let's do one more. All right. This is a, this is a good one. This is from Jenny. And she says, how big of an impact do you think sexual trauma has on generators being disassociated or disconnected from the body is obviously not helpful as a generator. I feel releasing trauma and getting back into my body was key to feeling and following my authority. I think like 
The short answer is yep. I think sexual trauma and the generator, that is a way that if you are a generator and you feel like you cannot feel your sacral or that communication isn't as clear as you'd like it to be, then yeah, I would say that sexual trauma definitely, definitely plays into that. Um, Because what happens is with trauma and sexual trauma is that we disassociate so that we can handle whatever is happening or happened, we disassociate from the body. Um, And when we disassociate from the body, we also disassociate from our connection to source and our connection to self, which means that we, our ability to um, heal ourselves and realign or, or, or process the trauma or whatever it is, it just becomes a lot harder. Um, so I think you're absolutely spot on. The first thing is getting back in the body and how can you do that? And there's a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, you can, you can do anything, what from the emotion code, you know what I've been doing recently. I know I mentioned it on a podcast recently, but I've been doing, um, lymphatic drainage and it is so good. I had actually, I've got an, my next session today, but my session last week for the following 12 hours, I just cried at everything. You know, like everything was just moving through me. And from a physical point of view, my whole body feels better, but also from an emotional point of view, like just things are processing more easily. Um, within HDX, we have a bunch of tools like defining moments where we where we can heal a wound. We have um, oh, so much. If you're on the online retreat, there's stuff in there, even from Atara. So I think at the end of the day, it's about being kind to yourself. If you feel like you don't have a deep connection with your cycle yet, again, watch your language. Um, be very conscious that it's there. Um, it's just that you need to build the muscle or heal whatever, um, whatever's maybe keeping that communication volume down. Um, and take care of yourself through that process. Just do the work to heal. Um, and oftentimes when we focus on who we want to become, or what we want to create, when we focus on those things and then we commit to that journey, the things we need to heal the trauma will show up. We don't have to just focus on the trauma. This is why, again, I want you to focus more on the the, the, the higher frequencies of things because to fully embody the high frequency that we want to call in, we have to clear out the stuff. So if we're focusing on who we want to become and how we want to feel and maybe our, you know, our gift um, expressions, then something's going to come into our life that brings the shadow up, that brings the trauma up, that brings the the trauma response or the inner child or whatever it is. And then that's the moment where we have to choose choose to take a different path. Like, am I going to do what I've done before or am I going to go in another direction? And that, that other direction is to feel the emotion, to let yourself um, release the trauma, uh, to go through whatever needs to be gone through. And then you continue on your path. And then when it needs to be healed again, it'll just come up, like it'll show itself. And I want to just give you an example of this because you guys have heard me bang on about um, my early menopause and the challenges and how uncomfortable it was. And I haven't actually thought about it for quite a a while now, Um, thinking on a, a mental level that I'm done dusted, it's good. And, you know, I'm even falling back in love with my body. Like I'm noticing those really tangible things starting to come back into my life. Now, I had a session with my kinesiologist on Friday and just out of the blue, she mentions it and she's like, oh, I feel like we haven't done a cleansing. And she's probably the only freaking person I haven't mentioned it to. 
Um, and we go through this whole session about that. And then boom, oh my God, every so many things in me shifted. Like my sacral shifted. I can't even, I can't even think off the top of my head, but I literally had one like one thing after the next, after the next, after the next, just change. Um, and I wasn't consciously saying I need to fix that or heal that or change that. It's because I'd set a bigger intention and the intention was actually connected to the work that I was creating and experiencing more ease and flow. Um, And then the universe puts me in the right place via my strategy and authority, the right place at the right time with the right person to give me the healing that I'm ready to fully receive. Because in the past, I've been trying to force that healing um, before potentially maybe I was ready. I don't know, but I didn't have the same results in the past that I did with this particular session. So I think that that's the other thing that if you're working through trauma, don't be on your case, be really kind to yourself and know that everything will shift in perfect timing and that you are becoming, it's not like a, you, you will arrive somewhere or you will fix something. It's a, it's a constant of evolution. Um, and you will heal everything that you're ready to heal when you're ready to heal it with the person you're ready to heal it with. Uh, and so just trust the process. But again, that was a really long answer to ultimately to sexual trauma. Do you think it affects the sacral response? Yes, I think it does. A long but beautiful answer once again. Thank you. I think that is it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, what did you think? Hit us up. Let us know. Let us know what you think about the Ask Me Anything. Um, it doesn't have to be human design. I know everyone asks me about human design, but it doesn't have to be human design. Um, so feel free to hit me up about anything. And yeah, we so I'm so excited about doing more of these episodes. Thanks, T. Thanks for for facilitating. Yeah, thanks for having me here. And thanks, everyone, for submitting your questions. And again, there will be a link in the show notes if you want to get on the list so that you have the opportunity to submit them ahead of time. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Um, I trust you got what you wanted. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.